Have you heard about Salt River Automotive? Not only are we open for business and ready to serve you, we are sponsors of the BS in the Morning show on Westplex 107.1. Check us out on Facebook at Salt River Automotive LLC. See you soon. It's Westplex 1071 and AM 1350 KRAP. And you know what that is, Shelly? You know what both, both those together are? Um, a bunch of crap. <laughs> that was some weird It's shit. BS in the morning. No, that was... That was some weird sh- <laughs> That was what? That was some weird sh- Yes, it was. That was some weird sh- oh. Yes, we got it. You know who that is, don't you? I do, only because I asked you. <laughs> it's Hillary Clinton. Which doesn't sound like her, but then again, and do you know? Do you want to? You who does hear, sound like themselves in a soundbite? You know what? You want to hear something interesting? You know where that's taken from? Where she was doing an interview in England, and I can't remember the guy's name. He's very famous over there. They don't, they don't call him host; they call him presenters. And he's a very famous presenter on this TV talk show. And he had Hillary Clinton as a guest. And he asked her about what it was like to lose to Donald Trump and then go to the inauguration. And she tried to get out of the inauguration. Now, she, as customary, not because she was the losing candidate, but it's customary that all of the living former presidents and their spouses, in this case wives, because all the former presidents are men, uh, all the living former presidents and their wives show up at the inauguration. And she talked about how she called... I mean. This is like when you're like in that loop. She says, we called the Carters. If you were going to try to call Jimmy Carter, would you even have a chance of talking to Jimmy Carter? You know what I mean? No, but there's a sub. I I keep on telling you there's a subculture in everything. I get it. I get it. But anyway, she claims that during the inauguration, she was seated right next to George W. Bush. You know, what is he was in number 43 or 44, whatever he was, 40, I guess he was 43. Obama was 44. Um, Trump was 45. Okay, she she was seated, seated next to, to George W. Bush, and after Trump's inauguration speech, George W. Bush looked at her and said... That's that she was she was quoting. Hold, let me do that again because I didn't have the button punched in. George W. Bush looked at Hillary Clinton and said, "That was some weird." And although it wasn't beeped out, that's what supposedly George W. Bush thought about Trump's inauguration address. So in British TV, so she was quoting George W. Bush. Yes, she was quoting George W. Bush, and in British TV. Unlike here in America, they don't have prohibitions for bad words. You can say pretty much anything on British TV. It's sort of like British TV, over-the-air British TV is sort of like cable. Which is so funny to me because they're so proper. Well, but what's interesting is they're not because in England, they've got nude pictures in the newspaper. Like, it's, you know... But that's okay for their culture. We just don't think that it's okay. Well, which is sort of weird. But they do over there yeah because you would think that they're a little typically the british people are a little bit stuffier than the united states people right so you would think that they would have a problem with nude you know like for example i what one which one of the newspapers it might have been one of the ones that murdoch shut down after the big scandal after the big voicemail scandal um and there was like one page i think it was like page eight or something like that where they had like a 
topless woman picture every day. And that was like, you know, you, you the guys would get the paper and they'd turn the page eight. Let me see if I can find that. Um, I, you know, and I'm not making that up. That's not BS. I remember reading that, talking about, like, and the whole idea behind, God, it's so weird here in the United States. We're like, we're like these, you know, we're puritanical, but we're not, you know. Uh, yes. Let me see. Nude picture in British paper. I, I remember reading this somewhere that this was one of the things that this is, this is part of the reason why they sold a lot of papers is that the dudes all bought uh, da, 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 how the weird British tradition of putting topless women on. There it is right here. Here's a, See, I do remember this. How the weird British tradition of putting topless women on the third page of newspapers got started. British are often stereotyped as being prudish and stoically reserved in all aspects of intimacy. As such, it may surprise non-natives to learn that for over four decades, one of the most popular newspapers in the entire country had a large picture of a topless woman on the third page for no other reason than that she was an attractive lady showing off her her, uh, wobbly bits. That's what they called them. The idea of supplementing a newspaper's editorial contact with pictures of women in various states of undress came about after Rupert Murdoch. I was right. Rupert Murdoch acquired and relaunched The Sun in 1969. Prior to Murdoch's acquisition, the paper was a broadsheet aimed at, according to its original founder, the sophisticated and superior middle class. Ooh, ooh, you know. <laughs> With the pinky. <laughs> which which brings to mind the quote from the New York Times uh, uh, reporter the other day. This is going to be safe. This is a sophisticated, vaccinated crowd. Sophisticated, vaccinated crowd. This is what she was saying about Obama's birthday party the other night. Okay. Anyway, uh, prior to blah, 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 when the paper failed, Murdoch bought it for uh, $11 million today and rebranded as a straightforward, honest newspaper. The Sun quickly established a foothold in the editorial landscape thanks to the oversight of editor blah, 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 blah. Um, beyond the click and bait like headlines, uh, Lamb maintained that sex should be a primary component of the paper's content, reasoning that next to TV was probably the most important aspect of his readers' lives, so most likely to sell papers. Toward this end, Lamb saw it that a picture of that month's penthouse pet, Ula Lindstrom, wearing a half-unbuttoned blouse, was included in the first edition for no particular news-related reason. Elsewhere, there also included a full-spread picture of a nude blonde woman laying at the feet of the Rolling Stones. <laughs> Over the coming months, the paper continued to periodically feature images of scantily clad women on its third page. In a time before this sort of thing was available to everyone at a click of a button, as you might expect, this greatly increased readership amongst males. See, I was right on this. In fact, just one month after Lamb took over the Sun readership, it went from 850,000 to 1.26 million. After a, a year, it had grown to 2 million in circulation. Not stopping with scan, uh, scantily clad women, Lamb dedicated, uh, decided to up the ante with the first topless page, Third Girl, coming on its first anniversary. This went on to be one of the most popular issues up to that point. Doubling down on its success, the sun began to feature more and more half-naked women, culminating in it becoming a daily feature by the mid-1970s. This inexplicably, inexplicably, can't say that coincided with the sun becoming the most popular paper in the whole of uk with daily sales sales swelling to four million by 1978 so is that weird Sex sells. is that weird and just like once again it's like though the british are so proper how can they have a nude woman on page three you know it's just one of those weird things god that's strange you know now think about that that's what the post dispatch should do you know their their circulation is not doing well put a nude lady on page three page three 
and and what they should do is they should have they should have two versions of the of the paper. They should have the male version of the paper, which should have a nude woman, and they should have a a nude man in the female version of the picture uh, the paper. And then you could you go, know they would never do that. And and they would they would print they would print the paper on the male version would be printed on blue. Uh, blue shaded, uh, you know, paper stock, and then the woman's version would be pink, painted on pink, printed on pink, and that would be the way the the paper would be printed. What do you think? No? Uh, yes? No? Uh huh. You don't like? I would change the the way the whole uh, designator designator would be. Yeah. But um, because you know that they've got those automated machines, they could just put a pink or or a blue piece of paper in there on top. You know, of, the paper? of each of each thing, but what do I know? I don't know what you're saying. Huh? I don't know what you're saying. So you said that they would be a, printed on blue paper or pink paper? Yeah. No, all they'd have to do is put a piece of construction paper. Remember construction paper? One pink, one blue for each. So they wouldn't have to sit there and... Print it all in a one color. Can I be honest with you? Yes. I hated construction paper. I loved construction paper. It tore easy. You can make things out of it. It didn't... I loved construction My paper. My least favorite class in grade school was art. I hated art class. Hated it. Oh, I loved it. Do you know my mom... We had to make um, this abstract thing of vegetables and my mom kept that and put it and had it in her kitchen of mine was of onions and um yeah she had it hanging in her kitchen i was never a fan of art class matter of fact i got in trouble in art class i art class and the other thing was god we had this old music teacher and she had us do square dancing and i hated square dancing hated square dancing and I did what square dancing. We had to do square. That's what I thought you said. Square like, dancing. Yes, she was some old hillbilly woman. You know, I shouldn't say that hillbilly. Um, she's she was some old rural woman <laughs> who. Well, now we're going to square dance, and we'd have you know, Alaman left. Grab your partner. You know, kick him in the groin. You know that kind of stuff. Um, uh, and I hated that. And and. I got in trouble because I refused to square dance, and I got sent to the principal. And the principal asked me what I did, and I said, it's, I swear this is a true story. I said, it's not what I did, it's what I didn't do. And he goes, what didn't you do? I said, I didn't square dance. And he said, you didn't square dance? I go, no, I hate square dancing. I don't want to square dance. And he says, okay, you don't have to square dance. And he sent me back to class. I didn't have to square dance anymore. Wow. How's that for standing up for your rights? I don't want to square it. At such a young age, too. How old were you? (laughs) I don't know how old I was. Like eight? Grade school or something. You know, I'm going like, I mean, to this day, have you ever square danced? No, but I never had um, lessons to square dance. Yeah, but that that was a whole, this was music But I like their little, I like their little, their little dresses they wear. Yeah, but they're all floofy. But see, once again, I don't. You see, nowadays, I don't think that you can get away with that because the people would say, "Well, it's it's sexually discriminatory because you have to have a guy and a gal." You know, women. You know, there was calls like "women to the left, men to the right, stand up, sit down, fight, fight, fight." You know, that kind of weird stuff. You know, 
I mean, uh-huh. that wasn't exactly how it went, but you know what I mean? There were certain things the women did and certain things the men did. And nowadays, if you try to do that in school, probably some, some parent would, you're, you're sexually discriminated against. How come the women have to do one, one maneuver and the men have to do another maneuver? That's not right. There should be equal rights. There should be, there should be. What if the women want to go to the right? I don't, yeah, right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I can hear some parent. You told my son to go to the left and at our household, we're very, very much to the right. We don't go to the left. We go to the right. Okay, whatever. You know. You oh, know. oh, that's so funny. Can you imagine being a, a teacher nowadays in the political correct era? My little Jimmy came home and, and said that, that that you know, like driver's ed class. My little Jimmy came, came home and said, and said that you said that it was okay to make right turns after a stop. And I think that's politically incorrect. You should never make a right turn. You should only make a left turn. Like the UPS drivers. Did you know statistically they say that you make more, is it, you typically make more right turns than left or is it the other way around? Well, the, the you, do you know the story about UPS? No. UPS uh, designed their routes so that all their drivers would mostly make right turns. And the idea being that A, a right turn is quicker because you only have to wait for one lane of traffic to subside. And B, it's safer because of the fact that with a left turn, you're crossing two lanes of traffic. Two lanes are more. Typically, it's a two-way street. You're crossing, you know, a, a you know, an inbound and outbound lane of traffic. Uh, right. And if you make a left turn, it's it's it takes longer for the traffic to subside, going both directions. So therefore, if you only make right turns, it's safer and it's quicker. And we think about that. It does make sense. Fair enough. Yeah, it does yeah. make. Uh, hold it. The smartest woman in the world says people uh, who square dance do not have that problem. Fly Confederate flags with Trump. What does that mean? Um, da, 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 da. Uh, she says that was in music class. Square dancing. Yes, that was in music class. We had this teacher, and don't ask me why she'd play all these crazy little, you know, stupid little weird uh, square dance songs, and we'd have to square dance. And I hated it. And it was in our room. We had to move our desks. I remember this. It was in our room because we didn't have a music room. We had to move our desks to the side. We have to, Everybody had to put your desks, you know, on the side of the, you had to push your desk and your chair away, and we'd square dance in the middle of the room, which I hated. You know, is is that clearly a, you hated it? Well, I, you know, there's all these goofy things they do. I mean, I don't know if they do that in school anymore or not. You know, I mean, who knows what they do in school anymore? They, you know, they they're they're teaching sex ed in kindergarten now or some weird stuff like that. You know, you know, I mean, like it's to the point where, I mean, you know, th- I think they and I'm 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 not going to sit here and discuss this, but I really do think that they should bring back, um, um, saying the pledge of allegiance. Well, there, I put this up on my Facebook page yesterday. We'll talk about this next break. About the there's now two states. Where was where did I put this? Da, 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 where was this? Um, is in Oregon where the governor signed this bill that states. Let me find it. Uh, yeah, Oregon governor signs bill suspending math reading proficiency requirements for high school graduates. So you no longer have to know how to read or do math to graduate from high school in Oregon. And you know what's sad about that? Why would he or she do that? It's a she. Who the hell knows? I mean, I mean, think about it. The you know, you go to like like for example, there's a big controversy right now with Asians and blacks. You know the, this whole big controversy that's going on in New York. No, they're getting rid of all these. There are like like very high end high school. They're like a, a advanced placement 
high schools. The whole high school is like an advanced placement high school in New York City. And you have to test into it. There's like a big, long test you have to take in order for your kid to be admitted to one of these advanced placement high schools. And typically, they're like STEM high schools. A lot of science, a lot of technology, a lot of math, stuff like that. And what's happened is a lot of the high schools, the majority of the kids in these New York high schools are Asian kids. And the blacks have said, hey, that's not fair. There's more Asian kids than black kids. Well, because they tested better. And now they're eliminating are they in the process of eliminating a lot of these advanced high schools in New York because of the fact that they don't want to be called on the carpet for being racially profiling? I'm going like, okay, no, hold on a minute. No, that's like, you know, think about it. It's like if you want some big burly dude to, uh, to like, you know, work as a bouncer at your nightclub, you don't hire an Asian guy. You know what I'm saying? For the most part, because that's just the way things are. Asian people are typically smaller, right? You yes. hire you hire some big Scandinavian dude, right? Some big guy. Sven. Right? It's some guy from Scandinavia. You know, or you hire some big black dude. You know, you don't hire a little tiny Asian dude unless he's like... Or a big biker. Right, right. Unless he's a karate expert or something like that. And, you know, once, yes. once again, I mean, this whole thing of like, like there are certain ethnicities that are better at other things than than you know than other you know what I'm, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying oh yeah and i know exactly what you're saying it's to the point where it's like hey that's not discriminatory that's just life that's just the way things are god and and so here's what's happening we're as a country we're dumbing down our country just like my, my one friend said we need more engineers and less attorneys more engineers and less attorneys there's a story about uh, about Foxconn. You know who Foxconn is? Foxconn's this great big Chinese company that makes all the iPhones. There's like this huge industrial manufacturing company that manufactures all this very sophisticated stuff. They they bid, made a big announcement several years back. I'll see if I find this in Wisconsin. I'll tell you the story later. It's pretty interesting because they were going to build this great big plant in Wisconsin. And you know why they didn't? Too cold? No. <laughs> It wasn't too cold. It wasn't too cold. It was, it was, I'll tell you the reason coming up. We got to take a break. We're behind 630. It is BS in the morning, West Plus 107.1 and AM 1350 KRAP. Want to welcome a new sponsor to the radio station here, Pez Pest Control, P-E-Z-Z. If you want to uh, get them to come and get rid of the pests in and outside your house, if you got moles and voles and crazy stuff like that, raccoons, God, raccoons can be nasty. You ever had a problem with a raccoon before? I have not, but moles and voles, I have. Raccoons are like, uh, like they if you put up like mesh, like to keep them out, they'll just tear it up. I mean, they got like like superhuman strength or something like that. They got bionic teeth. Squirrels are just like that. No, nah, not They're as bad. Mutant. Yeah, They're like squir- we actually had. Uh, Six squirrels in our attic. Well, you know they're 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 bad, but not as bad as raccoons because raccoons are bigger and they have a they have a worse attitude. Rocky Raccoon went to his room anyway. <laughs> Gopez dot com g o p e z z. When you get to that web page, um, click on the pest control and it'll take you right to the contact people. Doug the bug guy will come out and he will chase away your bugs and chase away your moles and your voles and your raccoons and all that other kind of weird stuff. Anyway, gopez.com. 636. Okay, here's the story that was, uh, by the way, this was sent to me interesting, and this is actually sort of sad. Yesterday, you know what yesterday was? No. 
it was besides the, Tuesday. It was the last day this year that the sun will set after 8 p.m. until May of 2022. Oh, sniffle! Tonight the sun will set before 8 p.m. and will not set again after 8 p.m. until May 9th. Because once again, once we hit the summer solstice, which this year is what June 20th, 21st. Uh, 21st, the longest day of the year, then it goes down. Every day gets shorter. So every day gets shorter until we hit the winter solstice, which is a few days before Christmas, and then it goes back the other way. That's always one of my favorite days because, God, you know, you're getting into into November and, and December where it's like it's dark at 430 it's like this sucks. You know what I mean? It's like you know, you go, you drive, you drive to work. If you like work long days like we do, you drive to work in the morning. It's dark. You drive home. It's dark. You know, it's like what the hell is this? Do we live like in Alaska or something like that during the winter where it's dark year round? Anyway, we're talking about the situation with uh, the Oregon uh, governor who signed this bill. Let me read this. It was interesting because they signed the bill, but then because of the pandemic. They didn't act upon it. Essentially, they put it on hold for the time being, which is like, okay, I'm scratching my head on that one. Anyway, um, uh, in June, state lawmakers voted to approve the bill that suspended the requirements for students for three years. And once again, this will not, this they don't have to show proficiency in math, in reading, writing, and math, okay? Um, so they don't know how to write in cursive. And... The methods that we learned from mathematics are out, you know, out with with the baby in the bathwater. And now they don't need to be proficient in English reading and math. Right. And that, uh, the reasoning is what in their little mind thinks that this is OK. It says truly this truly reflects what every student needs to thrive in the 21st century that you don't need to know reading, writing and math. Supporters of the bill insist that considering math and reading essential skills has been an unfair challenge for students who do not test well. Okay? Guess what? I don't test well. You know, I don't. I never have tested well. You know people. I know people who test extremely well. They could sit down at a test, and and I won't say the test that I took blind, but I did fairly well in it, which sort of surprised me. Okay? And um, recently, within four or five years. Okay? They're saying that people don't test well. Okay, well, I get it. You know, and it's to the point where, where ah, i got to get in this, get in trouble if I start talking about this. Because it comes down to, they say, well, certain ethnicities and certain, you know, they even say that, that, like, that, that women don't test as well as, ma- as men. I disagree with that. I think women in written tests, I think women do better than men. Don't you think so? In reading and arithmetic? Well, for example, do you know like right now, I mean, what's interesting? I know women write better than men. Well, what's interesting right now, I mean, physically write like, you know, where you can read like, you know, handwriting and stuff yes. like that. Oh, I agree yes. 100%. My writing's atrocious. You know, I can tell. Most men's are. Men cannot spell. I agree. And do you know right now, almost almost every college campus in the United States, there are more women than men? By some campuses as much as as... as 10 to 20 percent. So in other words, if you took the entire population of uh, that particular college or university, it would be like 60 to 70 percent female and 30 to 40 percent male. Think about that for a minute. I mean, you go back 50 years, go back 100 years. My daughter, I, I think I told you this story. When my daughter was first started law school um, and we had this all-day orientation for the parents, I'm going like, oh, all-day orientation, what's this about? It was fascinating. I wish it would have gone on for a week. 
I, I loved every minute of it. We had uh, we we met in the morning. We had a big we we met in one of the classrooms. All these parents of all the law students, all the what they call the L ones, the first year law students, and the dean came in and talked to us, and then and then you know a couple other people talked to us, and then we had lunch. But before lunch, we had we broke up into small groups of of ten, and you know and it was pretty much you know five five women, five men, you know mom and dad, you know ten people, five couples, okay. And we had a, one of the L1 one students who gave us a tour of the, of the building. I think it's called the Mud Law Library, whatever, down at WashU. And um, this particular person we had was a young lady who was a third-year law student. And we're walking around. She's showing us this and this and talking about this and showing us the legal clinic. And then she stops us in the hall, and she purposely gets in front of us. And she says, I want to address the women here the mothers of these students. She said, for the first time ever at Washington University, we have an equal number of men and women who are becoming law lawyers. This is my daughter would have been class of 2014, I think. I think this was 2011, so she would have graduated in 2014. And and then she goes back. Yeah, that's right, because it was, it was 2014. She goes back and she says, I did some research... And I went back and looked at the class of 2014, uh, the, or the class of 2004, the class of 1994, the class of 1984, the class of 1974, and the class of 1964. So she starts with, in 2004, the class of 1960, uh, 2004 had, had 60% men and 40% women. And the class of 1994 had 70% men. I can't remember the exact numbers, but when she got back to like 1954, it was like 95% men and 5% women. And her point was that for the first time in the history of that law school, the, the men and women were equally represented in the law school. And I'm thinking to myself, great, this is wonderful. And there was one guy who was like sort of, I guess today Ray Hartman would call him a, a mouth breather, who was like, I don't know if that's good or not. I'm thinking to myself, dude. You know, he must have had a, a son in law school. You know what I mean? He's like Mr. MCP. You know what MCP is, don't you? No. Male chauvinist pig. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and it was, okay. and it was, and it was, it was really interesting because this guy, this guy spoke up and was like anti-women. And around the corner, it was unbelievable. Everybody was shocked. Around the corner, Hillary Clinton walks out, and she walks up to this guy, and she said, "That was some weird." Sh- you just sat there and took something that was a really good story and ruined it by hillary (laughs) no that didn't really happen the last part didn't happen but i said to my daughter afterwards i said do you you know when we had the tour do you realize that your class is 50 50 men and women and she was like she says i knew it was pretty equal but you know, looking around in my classes, but I didn't know it's exactly. I said she said it was exactly fifty percent. And now you look at, like, for example, my mom was in education. My mom was an educator. Okay, my mom used to always complain that she could never be more than a department chairperson. That was it for her. That was high as the totem pole she could go because she was a woman. And she'd always talk about, well, there are no men assistant principal. There are no women assistant principals. They're all men. Principals are all men. Administrators, you know, superintendents, they're all men. They're all men. There are no women. No women can be in a position of authority in a school district. Now it's just the opposite. 
Look at how many administrators across the St. Louis area are women. Look at how many principals are women. Look at how many women, you know, I mean, and the crazy thing about it is back in the day, especially in elementary education, there were very few male teachers. I think that's probably the way it is still now. Why is that? Why are there very few male teachers in elementary education? Did you ever have a, a guy as a teacher in when you were like in grades kindergarten through six? Think back. Did you have? I did. You did? Yes. Not me. It was all women from kindergarten. Two of them. And matter of fact, one of my very good friends that I went to grade school with became an elementary school teacher. A dude? Yeah. Really? He just retired. Yes. Oh, God. I don't even want to hear that. Retirement. That's like that's like a four-letter word to me. I know. Retirement, retirement, retirement. It is. I hate it. Oh, look, it. it's 646. Uh, what do you do with an old junk car? You retire it. What do you do with, with you know, uh, an appliance that you don't, you know, that broke? You retire it. You know? I mean, people, oh, I'm retired. I put it on the curb. Right. And ask somebody to come pick it up. <laughs> right. You put it on Facebook Marketplace and say, I have an, I o- I have an old refrigerator. It's free to it's, a good home. Right. It's a retired and refrigerator. people come pick it up. Why, why is it the goal of everybody to retire? You know? I mean... I, I just, I'll never understand that. Retirement I'll, isn't what people think it is. Well, you know, I've said before, my my saying, and I feel bad when I say this in, in to you, but I saw my mom and dad both go off the deep end when they retired. I mean, I mean, you could chart. I mean, if you could chart how, how much engaged they became, and quite honestly, especially my mom, my mom went nuts. I mean, when she retired, she just went Looney Tunes. You know, I mean, and when she was still working, she was fine. She retired like six months later. She's like, Mom, what's going on with you? Oh, nothing, nothing. What are you talking about? There's a UFO just landed on our house. No, Mom, <laughs> a UFO just didn't land on our house. Mom, what are you talking about? My dad was sharp as a tack till the day he died. But still, I mean, he went downhill in a hurry. Sat home, watched TV all the time. That's all he did. Watch TV and go to Scott Air Force Base. That was their big assignment, my mom and dad. Put it on your Sunday best, Ethel. We're going just to uh, the commissary. Yeah, that's what they did. My dad was retired. Yep. My my dad was retired military, you know, an officer. And so he had base privileges. Scott, even though he was in the Army, he had Scott, he had base privileges at Scott Air Force Base. And they'd go over to, uh, over to the commissary and they'd eat at the officer's club and they'd come back. That was their excitement for the week. Once a week, they'd go to the Scott Air Force Base. Matter of fact, my one car. That's actually kind of cute, Brad. My one car before uh, I had to replace the windshield, which was my mom's old car, still had the Scott Air Force Base. Remember the stickers you had on your windshield, the military yep. stickers? Yep. Still had that on there. And matter of fact, when, when the guy replaced my windshield, I forgot to ask him to scrape off the stickers because I wanted the stickers. And he threw the windshield away, and I called him the next day. You still have that windshield? No, I threw it away. Darn. I wanted the stickers off of it. Anyway. I know. Weird stuff. I could see you wanting them. I did. Yep, 648. It is 648. It, it is, is. Westplex 107.1. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. And we are together. BS in the morning. You can check out a website at bsinthemorning.show. Shelly, do you keep up with uh, the Bitcoin thing? Are you into the <gasps> cryptocurrency? No, I'm not. You have I, no... I don't keep up with cryptocurrency, no. You have no interest in that whatsoever? No. Mm-mm. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens to Bitcoin today on the markets because uh, yesterday when they... Uh, approve this uh, new bill the trillion dollar infrastructure bill uh, within the Senate yesterday the United States Senate one of the uh, clauses in there uh, one of the parts of the bill uh, is a um, way of them taxing um, cryptocurrency 
And one of the advantages to cryptocurrency has been anonymity and no taxation because it's like an international, uh, you know, form of money that doesn't necessarily exist in any particular country. And um, I'm going like, God, they want to tax everything. And also, remember we talked about this yesterday, and I had someone that emailed me and said I was not telling the truth about the deal with what was in the bill. They're floating an idea that, and that's what part of the bill is about. I think the Department of Transportation is getting like $100 million to test taxing people by the mile. So when you drive, your car would be connected to the Internet like a lot of the Teslas are today. Did you know that? No, I didn't, actually. Yeah. Well, did I know that? The Teslas are connected to the Internet all the time. And matter of fact, if, if this is one of the controversies. There's a whole thing called, called right to repair. Have you heard this before? No. Uh, there's a whole thing. It started with, believe it or not, John Deere tractors. It started with farmers. Because the old generations of tractors didn't have computers in them. The new generation of tractors have all these computer modules and things like that. And the problem is that the new generation John Deere tractors, you can't buy certain modules. Like if you're if something goes wrong in your tractor and you diagnose it, it's module 32, you can't go to the John Deere dealer and say, hey, I want module 32. And they say, I'm sorry, you have to bring your tractor and we have to fix it here. And the idea they're saying is that the modules have have um, you know proprietary parts in it. There's firmware, vaporware, not vaporware, but firmware, software in it, which is copyrighted by uh, by John Deere, and they cannot allow you to buy the part. And that's sort of the deal with Teslas. That I get into some weird YouTube things that I I look at. But one of my YouTube channels I like to watch. There's three or four of these guys that buy these cars at auction that have been wrecked. And they always talk about the wrecked Teslas are uh, a gamble because uh, if Tesla knows the car has been wrecked, they delete it from their database, and therefore it won't get any updates. It won't get all the, the software updates, and sometimes it won't even charge at the Tesla charging stations. If you try to take it to an official Tesla charging station, a car that's been wrecked, and let's say you bought it and you rebuilt the car on a salvage title, if you take it to a Tesla charging station, it won't charge because Tesla's taken out of their database and they don't. They say, that car's gone. We don't care about that car anymore. So the only way you can charge that car is if you have your own personal charging station at your home. Is Interesting. That, is that bizarre or I what? I bet that's astronomical. Well, but no, but the crazy... Unless it's included in the price of the Tesla. Well, no, what, charging station at home? Uh, yeah. No, you got to pay extra for that. Yeah, you I ha- figured you, you did. You have to hire. Yeah, seriously, talk to talk to Caleb about this. I bet you he's installed a bunch of these. You have to hire an electrician because most of them, if you buy the good charging stations, it's two forty volts. The you know the 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 fast charging stations are two forty. So most people don't have two forty, except anywhere in their house, except for like if they have like an electric heater or a range or stuff like that, or their air conditioning or something like you know. Usually your air conditioning compressor is two forty, sits outside. And if you have an electric home, you have probably a, a you know a 240 uh, hot water heater and a 240. Uh, if you have electric heat, you have a 240 uh, heater element, uh, and that's the only 240 you have in a house. Everything else is 120. So if you want to put in a charging station, a fast charging station in your garage for your Tesla, you have to hire somebody like Caleb to you know run 240 to your to your garage and you know put in a special you know disconnect all that kind of stuff. Text him. What time he gets up early, doesn't he? Yeah, he's already up and out. Text him and see, and ask him if he's done many um, 
electric vehicle charging stations in people's homes. I bet you'll, I bet you it'll surprise you how many he's done. Because I know this is a big deal with electricians. Because there are a lot of okay. people doing this. Okay. Hey, yep. we, we got to take a break here. Otherwise, the computer's going to grab me by the neck and start deleting commercials. And I can't do that because people that buy advertising the station want their commercial to run. It is 6.50. Westplex 107.1 and AM 1350 KRAP. Together, they are on the air for bsinthemorning.show. That's our web address. Um, Shelly? Brad? She did her homework. She uh, texted uh, Caleb Hunter from Caleb? Extreme Electrical. And when you asked him if he did... Uh, um, installs for uh, electric cars, specifically Tesla chargers. He said he did quite a few, right? Yes, yes, he did. Yeah, so if you buy an electric car, and once again, I know enough about this to be dangerous. I don't, I've always wanted an electric car. Um, if you buy an electric car and you're going to charge it, you want the fast charger, which for most of the time takes 240 volts, and you need an electrician to put that in your garage wherever you're going to charge it at. So Extreme Electrical, STL.com, that's who you need to call. They even even have a special guy that works on those, right? Yep, Sam does. Sam. So Sam's the dude at Extreme Electrical. If you want, uh, he's an expert at this. Those guys are experts at everything. But anyway, yes, they are. Sam's the specialist in, in chargers. So if you want to have your car charged, if you're buying a new electric car, and if you buy that car, Joe Biden will personally come over and hug you. And so and so will, so will uh, Andrew uh, Cuomo. He'll come home and give you a big hug. And if you're a woman, he'll run his finger down your back. Yeah, you know that he <laughs> resigned, right? Yes. Did you hear part of his res- resignation speech? Uh-uh. He's, he's throwing down the Italian excuse. Hey, I'm Italian. Uh, he says, I kiss men, I kiss women. Isn't, don't they kiss? Like, well, don't in they, his defense, that's true. Don't they kiss the men just before they kill them? Isn't that what the, like the, like the godfather does? They kiss you on the cheek and then they shoot you? I, I don't know. See, once again. I know that they're big huggers. Italian families are big huggers. They kiss each other's on the cheeks. That's what they do. Italian families, that's what they do. That was his excuse. And then you have to sit down at the table and eat your and eat everything. Right. Including big meals. Yeah, including all the, the goofy Italian Hugs, stuff. Kisses and big meals. Right, right. So yeah, you know, it was it was pretty bad because I, there was there was like a controversy within a controversy that there was some some women's organization called this time or something like that that was against um you know men victimizing women which once again I'm all for I I I, I You're work, all for victimizing women? No, just the opposite. When I when I worked for a police department back in the day, it was a long time ago when I was a police dispatcher, we hired two women officers, the two first women officer, and I'm telling you they got a lot of grief from the dudes. I mean, there was, you know, and once again, most of the guys were old school. Most of the guys were like my dad kind of guys. You know, women are, yeah, they should be, they, they should be at home. Although my dad wasn't like that. I mean, my dad was sort of old school, but he wasn't like that because my mom was a very progressive woman. Anyway, these two women went through a lot of hell because they were the two police officers, the first two female police officers at this police department. And the one gal... Boy, they sort of tortured her, and I always, always felt sorry for her. Matter of fact, at one point in time, I actually, I did something I shouldn't have done. I said to her, I said, "Look, I think what they're doing to you is wrong." And she looked at me and she goes, "Really?" I go, "Yeah, I think it's it's cruel what they're doing to you." 
Because they would say things about her. And like, for example, on the two-way. I've worked in a male-dominated field. It's not for the faint of heart. Well, I heard something the other day that they talked about that that they're trying to get women into the trades, into the crafts, electricians. Yes, know, they are. Caleb's trying to do that. I mean, Yes, he is. And one of the things is they had the guy who was one of the recruiters for one of the trade unions. I can't remember. This was an NPR thing. And they were talking about they went to... Um, the, all the guys had to go to a sexual orientation class, not not are you male, female, straight. But no, in other words, they gave you, you know, it was one of these, you know, HR kind of deals. Hey, we're going to teach you. Right, we're going right. to teach it's you. It's a warm and fuzzy. Right, right. Where, you know, what, yeah. what to do and not to do. And the guy admitted that, you know, after I went to that, that seminar, I felt bad because I've done some of those things. And like, for example, they talked about the fact that, there were guys that on the job site who were like, for example, I give you one. I had a friend of mine that went for work for Southwestern Bell back in the day. And there were parts that they used to install the phone system, which had references to male anatomy, shall we say. Okay. And, and the same with uh, some of the tools. Right. And, and, and they were, there were different sizes of these parts that they used to install the telephone network, and each size had a different reference to the male anatomy, but it was, how do I put this? It was, I won't put it. It was just to the point where they would say, I heard, I overheard, what happened was, I overheard two guys working on a system. I was working at one of our transmitter sites. I can't remember what it was. And the one guy asked the other guy, Faré, <laughs> and I looked at him. I go, what? And I go, that's what we call the small splices. And I go, what do you call the big splices? We call them the <laughs> And I'm going, okay, I get it. <laughs> and they used to cut the wires with the <laughs> Right, right, right. Exactly. You know what I'm talking about. You know. <laughs> yes, I do. Anyway, the 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 trades, and they're talking about how the women were sometimes intimidated by the fact that the men would exclude them from the usual banter because the guys would talk back and forth. And what were they talking about? They were talking about you know the job, and they were talking about you know blah blah blah, and they were talking about how the boss was screwed up and blah blah blah. But they would use some somewhat spicy language, and the Col- women colorful language. Yes, and the me, <laughs> I did. I wasn't when because I worked in a male dominated field, right? And I could scratch and spit with the best of them. Well, but that's the interesting part of it. They're saying that the women who did well. As in the tradespeople didn't let this that bother them, and they got to the point where they they got to the point where they got to be like one of the guys, so to speak. Yes, you know they were just like, and they didn't they weren't looked at as a, which ultimately isn't that what we're all going for? Isn't that like the ultimate goal is that we don't care if someone's male, female, black, white, you know, a Caucasian, you know, Indian, you know, Asian? I mean, you know, it's once again, it's it's to me, it should always be what they call the meritocracy. Whoever is the best. You know, I mean, once again, look at the situation you have in sports, okay? You had the best, probably one of the best golfers of all time, Tiger Woods, you know, part black, part white, you know, okay? But yet, for the most part, almost all the old golf, all the older, all the all, I can't even talk this morning, all the other golfers are white. Then you got basketball. Almost all the good basketball players are black. Once again, you know, whoever's the best, that's who should get the job. And, you know, I get it that there's some situation, well, you, the reason that people can't get this job is because they've never had this job before. That's baloney. 
You know, I mean, this is not 50 years ago. This is right now. If you want to be a carpenter, you're a black or you're Asian woman or whatever you are, you can be a carpenter. Now, once again, true. you might not have the skills because some people are really good at that. Other people aren't. You know, you get five guys right now. If you just got five guys all the same age and you say, okay, I'm going to take you into a shop. I'm going to show you, you know, a circular saw and I'm going to show you a two by four. And I want you to cut that two by four into that eight foot two by four into four two foot sections. Okay. A couple of the guys could probably, you know, grab a tape measure and, you know, guys are gals. Grab, grab a tape measure, measure off two foot sections, you know, plug in the, you know, the, 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 the circular saw or maybe even some, you know, battery powered circular saw. Grab it, you know, kunk, 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 bunk, done. Okay. And some of the other would go like, I don't know what to do. You know what I'm saying? I do. <laughs> some people I know are, exactly what you're saying. Some people are good at stuff and some people aren't. You know, like, for example, I am not an organizational kind of guy. I'm like a messy organization kind of guy. If you go into my office, you people go, oh, my God, look at this. But yet, if you say to me, hey, the paperwork from blah, 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 last week that, that you sent to get signed, where is that? I can dig it up. I can find it. It was right here underneath this file folder. Here it is right here. And someone say, well, why didn't you put it in a file folder? Well, it's not the way I do things. You know? Anyway. I do know. I would get to talking about that. Okay. I, how do we get to talking about that? Two things. Have you ever heard of BitClout? Not Bitcoin or BitCloud, but BitClout. B-I-T-C-L-O-U-T. And this was interesting is the, the, um, the uh, positioning statement of BitClout is Everyone gets their own coin. You're, and here's, here's, this, this comes down to how popular you are, okay? Okay. And everybody gets a, a BitClout coin. Once again, C-L-O-U-T. If you can find it on the web, B-I-T-C-L-O-U-T.com. Everybody gets their own coin. You can have your own coin. And you trade those coins. And depending upon how popular you are, depends upon how much your coin is worth so right now guess who the number one coin is it's What's like it? pokemon yes you know who the number one coin is in their bit clout no elon musk his coin right now is worth 114 dollars and 39 cents number oh, really yeah number two is chamuth or chamath c-h-a-m-a-t-h i don't even know who that is i Num- don't know either number three and his Bitcoin Bitclout is worth a dollar one hundred five dollars and twenty one cents. Number four is is uh, excuse me. Number three is Mr. Beast M R B E S Mr. Beastite M R B E A S T Y T. His Bitclout is worth eighty seven dollars and forty two cents. And guess who is number four right now on the Bitclout system? Who the donut liquor? <laughs> oh. My gosh, 2015, Brad. Ariana Grande, her BitClout coin is worth $42.69. And guess who number five is? Who? Justin Bieber. His BitClout coin is worth $30.84. So if you go on this site, you can go find creators to follow. And I'm going to go in here. I'm going to put in, I'm going to put in. um, And what is this site, please? BitClout.com. Not cloud. Not C L O U D, it's C L O U T. T is in tango. Bitclout.com. Um, okay. And you can go on here. B I T. Right. Okay. Right. And this this will show you, and for example, it will show you how much money is in their account. Uh, you can you log in, buy creator coins. 
Uh, you can go and you can buy the coins uh, for these various creators. Um, some of these people you don't know. Some of these people are like, you know, like, for example, you've got Elon Musk, people like that. Other people are just like, um, you know, and you can set up an account and you can you can uh, you can log in with Google, log in with Seed. What is Seed? You heard of Seed before? S-E-E-D? I never heard of Seed no. before. Anyway, uh, that's one of the things. BitCloud. I heard I heard that yesterday. And I thought to myself, that's interesting. And essentially, the whole deal about it is is how popular you are on social media. The the reason that your uh, bit clout is is worth more is because you're more popular. So right now, the most popular guy on social media is is Elon Musk because he's the dude. You know, he flew in. Fair enough. He flew in space. Well, he didn't, he didn't fly in space. Uh, that was Jeff Bezos. But his 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 ship. No, did he? No, he, 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 he hasn't flown in space. No, he just he just uh, is the richest man in the world, or something like that. Anyway, bit clout. So I thought that was sort of interesting. Also, I found this fascinating. I heard this yesterday. I listen to all sorts of different crazy radio stations. You know, I tried to listen to uh, Real Talk ninety three three yesterday. Uh huh. <laughs> You're not going to stop me. <laughs> nope. <laughs> You're not going to stop. You're not going to stop the Grand Poopa. The Grand Poopa. You're not going to stop him? So Brad has a column. It's about um, the radio business in St. Louis. Yeah, it's called Radio Poop. And it's called RadioPoop.com. Yes. And there's some things going on in the radio business in St. Louis that if you want to pull back the curtain just a little, read his column. Yes. RadioPoop.com. It's sort of like inside baseball kind of stuff. It is. And what's interesting is I am getting a following. I'm actually having people, some some radio people and some non-radio people who are actually texting me or emailing me going like, you know, this is sort of interesting. I go, once again. Why don't they comment on the posts? I don't know if I have that set up or not. I have to go you look at You need to have that. that set up. Yeah, but you know what? The reason if I don't, if I put it on there, then I'll get all the all the spammers and I'll get all the, the you know, the people trying to sell, you know, illegal Ray-Ban sunglasses and all that other kind of crap you get on there. You approve the posts before they get on there. More work for me to do. Like, I don't have enough things to do, you know? Uh. You know, I mean, well, you don't. You just sit there and you golf and you. I don't. You golf. drive around in I your don't. Mercedes. Yeah, I wish that were the case. With the wind blowing through your toupee. I wish that were the case. And anyway, what we're talking about is the fact that that you have these. There's two groups in the St. Louis area. I call them the refugees and the newbies, and they are both disenchanted. Ninety-seven-one. Either advertisers are employees. 97.1 became a very popular conservative radio station. The station was sold. The new owners don't necessarily like conservative talk radio, so they've tried to throttle it back. They're not letting the hosts talk as much conservative talk as they did in the past, and several of them have been fired or let go. So quite a few of them have, we call them the refugees, headed by Jeff Alien and Joe Rush, who, believe it or not, used to be the fourth member of Rush. A lot of people don't know this. He was the fourth member of Rush. He played the xylophone in Rush. And they didn't decide they didn't like the xylophone because it wasn't hard rock enough. So they kicked him out. So he's still mad about that. So Joe Rush, R-U-S-H, uh, and Jeff Alien, uh, who both got fired from 97.1, uh, started their own radio station. And quite honestly, they've done very well with it. Matter of fact, they, they bought 
they are they're actually leasing. They claim they own it, but they don't. Uh, the the God Squad people still own 1019, and the God Squad people still own 941, which is their second station. The second group of people is headed by Rick and Tracy Ellis, who are were advertisers on 971. And they didn't like what was going on in 97.1, mainly because of the fact that I think you could probably say, and I don't think if, if Rick and Trace were on the air with us right now, they would complain about this. They are ultra right wing. They believe that Donald Trump will come back as the president because the Supreme Court will all of a sudden realize that the election in 2020 was illegal and they'll throw out Joe Biden and put in Donald Trump. Am I kidding about that when I say that? They believe that Donald Trump is the golden child, yes. Right, and they believe he's the legitimate president and Joe Biden is the illegitimate president. So Tracy has been on social media for months now talking about this radio station and to the point where I would comment on things and she got mad at me and she blocked me on her page, so I can't even comment anymore. What bothers me about the situation is, what's the old saying, it ain't bragging if you can do it? Okay, and so far they haven't been able to do it. Now, they may be on the air this morning, but like, for example, she originally says, our station's going to be on the air July 5th. Well, then July 5th turned into July 12th, then July 19th, then July 26th, then August 2nd, and then August 2nd. Well, for sure, August 9th, which was Monday. And guess what? Nothing on August 9th, then nothing yesterday. I don't know if they're on the air again today. Once again, you sort of destroy your credibility when you keep telling. It's like if, if, I, if you call me up, let's say I was, gonna, I was a plumber. And you had a problem with your toilet. And you said, Brad, Brad the plumber, come over and fix my toilet. I go, oh, Shelly, I'll be there tomorrow at noon. And then tomorrow at noon, I don't show up. And you call me at tomorrow at, you know, at 3 o'clock. Brad, you're supposed to pick, fix my toilet at, th- at noon today. Oh, I got busy. Uh, tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Okay, tomorrow at 3 o'clock comes, and I'm not there. How do you feel about that? I would be sad that you wouldn't be there again. But you'd be finding a new plumber, right? You'd be, you'd, yes, I would. You'd be going online or you'd be going on Angie's List. Oh, there is no more Angie's List. You know that's gone now? Do you know that? Angie's List is gone. Is it? It's just called Angie. And now it's it's a different deal. It's like when you go on Angie, instead of Angie's List, you go on Angie and you hire people. Now, if you want a plumber, you go on Angie and you hire a plumber and you pay for the plumber through Angie and Angie gets a you know, percentage. It's like, you know, it's like most of these sites now. It's like Fiverr. You know, you hire somebody in Fiverr. And I, I've done Fiverr for a long time. I bought things on Fiverr. I do things on Fiverr. Fiverr's gotten to be sort of a ripoff because of the fact that it used to be that they only took a dollar out of what you did. Now it's to the point where they add all these stupid fees on, and you, you, every time you look around, there's new fees. Like, okay, you know, you know, hose me, hose me good on this. Anyway, the deal is they. Uh, be- just so you know, just a little live update that um, uh, Real Talk goes live on Monday, and they're syncing up their automation system. Monday next Monday. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. The, 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 what would that be? The, the, this past Monday would. Real Talk 93.3? The 16th of August? Um, she just posted 56 minutes ago that they're syncing up their automation system, so bear with us. But you can still enjoy some shows. Monday we go live. God. <laughs> Unbelievable. So Monday, so she just put this on there now? Yes. So. Essentially, we're talking not not this past Monday, but this coming Monday. She's been saying that for like a month and a half now. God, what a mess. Well, I don't know. All I'm telling you is what she posted. What a mess. 
What a mess. And the reason I get upset about this is it makes all broadcasters look bad. You know? I mean, once again, it's like used car dealers. There are a lot of really good used car dealers. But what's the reputation that most used car dealers have? It's some guy, like, you know, in a plaid suit, you know, with slick back hair. Hey, baby, hey, come on, jump in this car. You're going to love it. Look, look at this. It's got fuzzy dice hanging from the rearview mirror. Oh, those fuzzy dice, they're the best things in town, right? Isn't that sort of the reputation the car dealers have, the used car de- dealers have? Yeah. That you find out that that car that used to have a noisy transmission, they put bread, bread in. Do you know, there's all sorts of weird things you do that. You can put bread in, like, things to quiet it down. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Seriously, what? you put bread in the transmission. Bread is in like wonder? Yes, yes. It quiets down the noisy gears and things like that. <laughs> Whatever. Honest to God. And there's certain, 726. There's certain things you put in the engine crankcase. If you've got a noisy engine, you put this goop in it. Not goop as in, in Gwyneth Paltrow or like goop in the hand cream. You put this goopy stuff in it, which, you know, it's like it's like gear lubricant, which is way too heavy, you know, way too high of viscosity for your engine, but it quiets down the engine. So then the first time you, you change your oil, you go like, okay, you put in, you put in, you know, change your oil, and you put in 10W30 like you're supposed to, or 5W20, and the oil and the engine gets noisy because they screwed with the engine to make it quiet when you bought it. Okay. See, I know these things. because uh-huh. <laughs> I think that's a bunch of BS. Hey, you want me to get some car dealers on here to talk about that? <laughs> yeah, I do, actually. <laughs> Double dog dare you. We need to get Gus. Gus could probably tell some stories. Gus. We didn't get to say goodbye to Gus. Gus is gone. I'm sad. It's sad. Yeah. Gus is gone. Yeah. No more barbecue. Yes. Okay, we have to take a break. It is um, so a week from this coming Monday. Oh, God, what a mess. Okay, 727. It is BS in the morning. I'm Brad. She's Shelley, and this is Westplex 107.1. Web address is westplex1071.com. Also an AM 1350 KRAP. Uh, that address is crap.website, and soon be back on KSOQ. We're having some internet problems. We're having to sync our automation systems, and that's what's causing us some problems. Indeed. <laughs> And that was L. King. You know what her real name is? No. Tanner L. Schneider. She's Rob Schneider's daughter. Did you know that? Who's Rob Schneider? The you know the movie star, the guy on Saturday Night Live. You know who don't know who Rob Schneider is? I don't. Really? No. Seriously? Seriously, he wasn't the one that was meathead, was he? No, 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 no. Rob Schneider is uh, he's born in 63, American actor, comedian, screenwriter, director, and anti-vaccine activist. Didn't know that. Stand-up comic, veteran on NBC sketch comedy series Saturday Night Live. He went on a career of feature films, including comedies Deuce Bigelow, Male, Male Gigolo, The Animal, The Hot Chick, The Benchwarmers, Grown Ups. Schneider is the father of singer L. King. And they did not get along very well for a long time. And I recently saw a video where... He did a duet with her on stage, and he was a pretty good singer. I didn't know he could sing, and they sort of kissed and made up literally on stage. So, um, And if you look at her, let me tell you, I don't think I want to mess with her. I think she's one of those people that could physically and verbally um, leave you in the dust, just you know, make you get on the ground and cry for mercy. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. You know, I, I, quite honestly, I heard somebody yesterday talk about one of their bosses. Same thing with me. Had a female boss. Karen Carroll was my first female boss. This is going back a long time ago. And there were guys at the radio station because our male boss left and we had our new female boss, Karen Carroll. 
I have, to this day, so much respect for Karen Carroll. She taught me a lot. I learned a lot from her. She was an excellent manager. Ultimately uh, turned, uh, uh, it was called, called KY98. She took the K off. It just became Y98. Uh, ultimately became one of the most profitable radio stations in St. Louis. Um, then she went on to run Camel X. Okay? You don't end up running Camel X if you're a lightweight. Uh, maybe nowadays you do. But back in the day, you were a heavyweight if you ran Camel X. And I learned so much from her. And I heard another radio guy, who shall remain nameless, talk about the fact that one of the best bosses he ever had in the radio business was a woman. And I'm thinking to myself, I wonder if he worked for Karen. I don't think he did. I think I, think I know who he was talking about, another woman. And once again, I mean, you know, I have this goofy thing. Me and Joe Biden, you know, if the, if the one thing that Joe Biden and I have in common, you know what it is. Oh, what is it? Harry not Legg. a single thing a man can do that a woman can't do as well or better. Not a single thing. What have I said to you since probably the day I met you? Whatever a man can do, a woman can do better. And I, You have said that to me. Truly, that is a true statement. I truly believe that. I mean, I am, I am the supporter and the, the, um, the promoter of women in business. I mean, and what's interesting is look at our radio station. How many businesses do we have on our radio station that are run by women, owned and run by women? And and quite a few. You're involved with what's that group you're involved with? Little Black Book Women in Business, which I still still think is a discriminatory group because they don't allow men. Uh, but you know, if it were Little Black Book for men, the women go, you gotta let us in. But the little you know, the women can say, you can't come in because you're a man. Well, like, let me think about that for a minute. Anyway, um, once again, I mean, women are so much better at so many other things, so many better things than men. So many things, you know. I mean. Sale, I, I say, I still say to this day, women make better salespeople. Um, I think they're more detail oriented. I think they're more, you know, compassionate. They're not just trying to sell you stuff. They're trying to really help you. I mean, I'm making broad sweeping generalizations. There are some women, just like some men, who are just out to make a sale and they don't care what it takes to get a sale. But I think for the most part, women are better salespeople. Uh, I think they're better at a lot of different things. Look at the 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 lady who we're better spellers, and our handwriting is usually better. Yeah, I agree with that. Look at the lady who's going to uh, take over from uh, from uh, Andrew uh, Cuomo. Um, you know who she's the lieutenant governor. She's going to be the new governor of 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 New York. I heard a very interesting story about her yesterday that she has been an extremely huge proponent of of Como and and always a uh, lieutenant governor always going around the state and you know say hey, we've got to support our governor and uh, he never let her into his inner circle because she was a woman. He didn't trust her. That's what this person was saying. I'm going like okay so so. Andrew is like, you know, he's saying, hey, he's Italian, which means the women are supposed to be in the kitchen. Isn't that what Italians think? Hey, cook me some more pasta. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I'm not trying to I'm not trying to denigrate. I don't think that they think that, but I know that they're very food-oriented. Well, but, and you don't have too many guys in the kitchen. It's not a lot of Italian dudes in the kitchen cooking. It's the women, right? <laughs> they're too busy about their cannoli. Oh, no. But, no, I'm trying to be serious, you know? I mean, isn't that the stereotypical thing with Italian, that the women are the cooks? Yes. They're, they're in the kitchen cooking up stuff, right? Yes. And, you know, but yet there are a lot of good Italian chefs, you know, you go on the hill. A lot of those guys down there cooking on the oh, hill. Oh, my dudes. goodness, yes. You know, but, you know, anyway, what do I know? Andrew Como, so many women... From a year ago right now. Oh, my God. He's the love gov. Remember, he was on TV every day. All the, all the cable channels had him, and he was on there blabbering about this and blabbering about that. 
And you know, and then people, oh my God, the love gov. I think I think he's so great and wonderful. Little you they sound know, so Jay. Little little did, did they know that he was Mister Hansy. <laughs> and you Mr. do. You sound so Jay. I sound so what? Jelly. Me? Yeah. I'm not, not a him. Oh, okay. Maybe a Bruce Willis. You know, not a him. <laughs> Bruce Willis. Yes. Yeah, he's pretty cute. He's he's held up well. There's the guy, right? There's the guy I'm jealous of. I mean, who who am I jealous of? I'm jealous of Elon Musk. I'm jealous jealous of Richard Branson. I'm jealous of 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 uh, uh, Mark Cuban, of Damon uh, Damon John. Um, those are the people I'm jealous of because I wish I had the success and the money that they did. They do. You know, I mean, you know, I'm some poor dude running a radio station, running, you know, I mean, you know, I'm so bad. I, re- I have a radio station called crap. You know what I mean? <laughs> our, our equipment's crap. You're our right. station is crap. To this, our signal's crap. You sent me that last week, and that was one of your buddies from the FAA who posted that. Did did he yes. know? Did he know you were involved with that station, or just he just posted that on his page? No, I have not talked to Phil for years. It was <laughs> so, pretty funny. He was in a different division than I was. He was actually in flight standards, flight she, safety. Shelly sends me this the screen grab of a picture that showed up on her Facebook page, and it's a picture of our AM transmitter site in Highway 47, and he's got it framed perfectly. So you see our crap sign, our crap truck, and our crap van. All in the same frame, and he's and the caption is something like, "Can you believe this is a radio station in Dutso? You know, it's a sports station, like incredulous, like yes, and we're proud of it." Yeah, just too funny, right? You know, we're crap and we're proud. You know what? I bet you any money, if I wanted to be rich like Damon John and Mark Cuban and people like that, you know how I can make money? What has that crap line of clothes? You could the crap clothes. You I mean, know, I mean, Damon John had FUBU. That's actually doable. Well, nowadays it is. You can set up those it is. those stores. You know, you don't even have to touch the stuff. They just, you know, they just they just drop ship all the stuff. We could think of all the yeah, yeah, our yeah. I listen to crap. That would be one of the shirts. Yeah, I listen to crap. Yeah, and I wear crap too. Yeah, right. Yeah. I listen and I wear. I bet you if I went to the NAB convention and set up a booth, I bet you I could sell lots of crap stuff. I bet you could. They go, oh, well, I gotta have a crap shirt. I gotta have a crap shirt. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. I told somebody the other story about this the other day about how we got those call letters, and they didn't believe me. You know, the it's st- hilarious. You know the story. It's a sunken, uh, a sunken oil platform in the Gulf of Mexico. It used to be crap. I but- knew it was like a, an, an oil tanker off off the coast yeah. of some exotic port of call. Way back when. Don't know why the FCC issued a block of call letters to the Coast Guard, and those were the call letters for the radio systems on on the Coast Guard ships. And crap was issued to a oil rig in the Gulf of Mexico, and it sank during during a, a hurricane. Should that warn me about having the call letters of crap? <laughs> I actually think that they that they're okay. Okay, um, I heard this yesterday too, and I thought this was fascinating. What's that? This was, I'm not making this up. This is an honest to goodness news story, okay? This uh-huh. is from this is from um the Free Press. And the title of this is an Associated Press article, okay? In-person gamblers lifting US casino market to its best year. 
Gamblers anxious to hit the slot machines and table games in person after a year of coronavirus restrictions are lifting the U.S. casino industry to its best year ever. But the great unknown is whether a new, more contagious variant of COVID-19 will slow an industry that is now winning money at a record pace. Data released Tuesday, yesterday, by the American Gaming Association, the casino industry's national trade group, shows that American casinos had their best second quarter in history, taking in $13.6 billion. Okay, for those of you not in business, first quarter is January, February, March. Second quarter is April, May, June. So we're talking the quarter that just ended, uh, you know, a month and a half ago. Okay. The report also shows that the industry has nearly equaled all the revenue U.S. casinos took in, in during 2020. So in other words, in the first six months of 2021, they've equaled the amount of money taken in, taken in all of 2020. It's clear that 2021 could be the best year in the history of U.S. casinos. The gaming halls are on track to surpass... The record is $43.6 billion as the highest grossing year ever. That's in 2019. Already, $25 billion has been won during the first six months of this year. If they continue with this race, uh, this, this pace, 2021 will be the best year ever in the gambling industry. Isn't that incredible when you think about that? That's pretty sweet. And now the interesting is some people have said, when I posted that on my Facebook page, I had some comments and someone said, Guess what? That's what happens when the government gets away free money to pay your rent. People, instead of paying their rent, they go gamble, which to a certain extent... You know, gamblers really do take that that seriously. What do you mean? They do. I mean, there are people that are there and they're there with their oxygen tanks, with their... I mean, they, they take it seriously. I was there the other night, one of the casinos, a guy was on a gurney. Had two drips. Oh, you were not. Two Stop drips it. going, and matter of fact, every, every about every ten minutes they had to paddle them. You know, you know, clear, boom. Okay, let me put another dollar in the slot machine. And about ten minutes later, oh, oh, oh you know, the nurse will, hey, see, he's flatline, he's flatline, clear, boom. Oh, let me put another ten dollars in the slot machine. I saw it with my own eyes. You don't believe me? <laughs> no, I don't believe you. That that was complete bullet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what were you gonna say? <laughs> that was complete BS, and it's seven forty-five. Oh, what? What? Do you, what did you say now? It was what? It complete was what? BS. So if Hillary will hear, Hillary Hillary would have said that was some weird. <laughs> yes. Yes, she would. It's 745. At Sunita, Westplex 107.1, KRAP 1350. You're on BS in the morning dot show. That's the website we're on. That's the radio station we're on right now, this morning show. Uh, I love that song, Anita. A-N-I-T-T-A, two T's. I'm not trying to be uh, some weirdo that's saying that the government's giving us bad information. But you know what? The government's giving us bad information. You know what I'm talking about? No. Um this is one of the big stories today that the Centers for Disease Control, CDC, if you've been listening to the news reports talking about how Florida has this terrible outbreak of COVID-19, you know what I'm talking about? No. Well, that's one of the places that they say Florida is having terrible problems. And part of it has to do with the fact that I think it's political because Ron DeSantis, who's the governor down there, is a Republican. He's essentially saying the government's overreaching, the federal government's overreaching. He's got a big fight going on between the school districts right now. He's passed a uh, executive order that states that no school district can mandate that people wear masks. And yet their school district's saying, screw you, we're going to tell our students they have to wear masks. Anyway, they were complaining that the CDC numbers were not correct. And now the CDC says, Guess what? You're right. We made a mistake. <laughs> so the Florida numbers aren't nearly as bad as they say they were. You know, sometimes I scratch my head. You know, it's one of those things where, God, 
you know. What? Government what? keeps government keeps getting bigger. Okay, I am for okay. most parts libertarian, and people go like, "Are you for anarchy?" No, I'm not an anarchist. I'm a libertarian. Libertarian agrees that we have to have rules. We have to have rules that you drive on the right side of the highway. You don't drive on the left side. You don't drive 110 miles an hour down the highway like Shelley Barr. Uh, you drive, you know, 60. The speed limit says 60. You can maybe do 65. At 70, we give you a ticket. Um, you know, you should not kill people. You should not rape people. You should not shoot people. You should not, you know, knife people. You should not steal cars. That's what libertarians believe in. But they say past that. It gets a little bit out of control when you start saying, well, you can't do that because, or it takes, like I gave the example, um, a guy the other day complaining about, I, don't know if, I told the story the other day, I can't remember it was yesterday, the day before, that one of the hospitals, when they had all these people in it, all the COVID-19 people, they ran out of oxygen. You know, the big tanks outside the hospital where they feed oxygen yeah, into all the rooms. Yeah, you that. And the guy said, the hospital director said, we've been trying to get more oxygen tanks installed at our hospital and it's going to take us eight years to clear the permitting process from the city from the county from the state from the federal government because they got to go through all these jump through all these hoops that the oxygen tanks won't blow up and they will will not look bad and people won't complain about them and yada 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 eight years my See, s- all they have to do is assign one person a task of making sure that 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 piece of paper or that approval goes through the proper channels. So that would be their only job. I agree. And it would take less than a week. The 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 thing that maybe two. They they I heard this thing yesterday. They talk about the new mayor, the new not the new mayor, the new governor, the lady governor who's coming in, the new lieutenant governor who's going to take over from Como in fourteen days. One of her priorities is to try to and here we go again. This is what was said and I checked it and sure enough this is correct. The federal government has given the state of New York millions and millions i think billions of dollars for people who are behind in their rent okay the money is in the the bank account in new york state but yet it's not getting to the people who are in trouble with their rent because of bureaucracy in new york and they say part of it is because of the fact that como who was supposed to be taking care of this was so busy fighting the people off you know claiming that he'd sexually harassed all these women and now it turns out it did happen he claims he's just being an Italian, you know, which is like, okay, if that means if I'm a German, I can I can go, you know, attack people, you know, because that's, that's what Germans because do. He's a man; he gets extra points, right? He gets yeah, because he's a man; he gets he gets. <laughs> we give him a he gets bonus. A five minutes, um, right? He gets he gets five extra points because of the fact he gets he gets five yeah, get out five of, extra minutes to start. No, he gets five uh, get out of jail cards that you and I don't get because he's a Democrat yeah. and he's an Italian the whole bit. Anyway. Uh, that's what she's going to prior, prioritize. I'm thinking to myself, more power to her. You know, once again, and the crazy thing is, if the money is in the bank account in, in, in New York, why can't it get to the people that need it? Because it's jammed up in the stupid bureaucracy. Because you got to fill out Form 5203, and then when you fill out that form, you got to fill out 5206, and you got to get 5608 you know, notarized, then you got to go to your bank and have them put a bank account statement on there that shows you don't have any money, then you got to go to your landlord and he's got to, you know, you know, prick his finger and put blood, you know, put his, his, his imprint of his thumb with blood on, on the application and you got to go take it to White Castle to get some onions on it, you know, it means like, okay, you got the money, just, you know, sh- you know, hey, look, I'm behind my rent, here's the notice from my landlord, I need $1,000. Okay, fine, here's $1,000. Why can't it be that simple? You know what I'm saying? 
You know, it's it's that simple for some of the churches, some of the mega churches around here. They they do that as well because they don't have the goofy, stupid bureaucracy. Because yeah. somebody is sitting there with their finger on on the button when somebody walks in and says, "Look, you know what? I got laid off from my job. My husband got laid off from his job. Things are tough. We're three months behind our rent. We need fifteen hundred dollars." And somebody says, "Bunk! Here's fifteen hundred dollars. You know, hopefully this will help." Now. You've got to trust people that they're going to take the $1,500 and give it to the landlord instead of going to the casino or buying a new car. I've heard some of these landlords complain that, that I've heard one guy. Matter of fact, I know somebody locally who um, their father is owns several rental homes, and on one of his homes, he has not been paid since March of 2020. We're talking, what, 12 years, 12 months, plus April, May, June, July, August. We're talking, what, 17 months he hasn't been paid. And yet, wow. And yet this person who lives there is still working, still making money, and still saying, well, I don't have to pay the rent because they said I don't have to pay the rent because I don't have, I don't, I've got that, that the thing right now. They're going to evict me. They can't evict me because I, don't, I haven't paid the rent. I'm going like, hold on a minute now. That's gaming the system. But, you know, that happens all the time, right? It does. You know we have to get off, get off here because it's 757. That's what she said. Okay. <laughs> oh my goodness. This has been BS in the morning. He is Brad. I am Shelly. And this is BS in the morning. Have a great day, everybody. It's 7.58. Peace. And we truly have been on the air for the past seven Mondays. Yay! Is that good? Yeah. 7.58. Oh, yay!